Welcome to the Hirschfeld Century Podcast. I'm Katherine Eastman, the Archives Manager of the Al Hirschfeld Foundation. And I'm David Leopold, the Creative Director. Welcome all. We are here today with a special episode about our newest online exhibition called The Dog Show, Hounds by Hirschfeld. This is, we thought this was a perfect show for the dog days of summer. That's right. The Westminster Dog Show may be over, but this dog show is happening right now, and you can visit it at any time of the day or night, day of the week, or month of the year. (laughs) Uh, And while we're talking about that, if you want to follow along during this episode as we talk about the different pieces, you can go to the online exhibition, alhirschfeldfoundation.org, click on the exhibitions tab, and the dog show is the first one that's listed right now because it's our newest show. Yeah, so we have been, we've searched through the Hirschfeld archive, made a very dogged search for every canine caricature we could consider for this exhibition. Yeah, at first we were, it's a great idea. It sounds like a fun show to do, but we were, we didn't know if there was going to be enough pieces with dogs to really make an entire exhibition out of. Um, and she totally uh, ixnayed my choice of Hume Cronin in the man in the dog suit. Because <laughs> did she did not include that one, no. She thought it should only be real dogs. Yeah, he said that in quotes, real dogs. Yeah. Yes, it should only be real dogs. I, You'll have to find another exhibition for that drawing to be in. So it, had he drawn the uh, play Sylvia, we would not include it because that's not a real dog. No. So uh, for you real dog lovers, you've come to the right place because not only in the show do you see wonderful Hirschfeld drawings, but you actually learn about dogs. I hope so. That was the point. The point was for people to learn a little bit about dogs as they go through the exhibition. Because we do have, I mean, I think, I don't know if it's breaking news, but we are going to reveal that Catherine leads a double life. I do. She is an archives manager at the Al Hirschfeld Foundation by day (laughs) and a certified dog trainer at night and on the weekends. (laughs) Yes, I'm a certified professional dog trainer. I love helping people uh, that have problems with their dogs find solutions. Uh, But more than anything, I really love training my own dogs, as most dog trainers do. Uh, But I also love helping people and finding a way for humans and dogs to connect and live happy lives together. Because that that isn't always the case right out the gate. So (laughs) I like to kind of bridge that gap, help people bridge that gap. Uh, She does it uh, every day she comes into the office. She brings not one, but two assistants Mm -hmm. uh, who are Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. Yes. Bennett and Chandler. Yes. And we are still waiting for them to do an ounce of work. They've been coming for years and still nothing. They don't do anything. They keep your seat warm when you go to the bathroom. Yes, it's true. And David leaves, Chandler usually gets right up in his seat. And when David comes back, his seat is nice and warm, just like he left it. Yeah, it is true. It is true. (laughs) Uh, But we're going to look at drawings that have appeared, that, that Hirschfeld drew, and that appeared in Newspapers, magazines, uh, movie posters, TV guide covers. Yeah, and you early name it. lithographs, politics, books. Right. right. This is, in a way, a retrospective of Hirschfeld, seen through a dog. Yeah, it's it actually is amazing how many different categories we got just from finding drawings of dogs. We really almost got everything. Really did. We can't do this for cats, giraffes. No. Hippos. There are a few 
hippos, a few bears. Yes, yes. I'm thinking of ice follies and jumbo. Yes, and there no, are some. Of if you look in elephants. the 30s, 30s and 40s theater, there's quite a quite a bit of animals on Broadway during that time. There's uh, actually a few performing dogs who were not included in the show. There are, yes. Yeah, yeah. because we couldn't find any we information about We had to make some them. edits. We had That's to make what some curating edits. is. It's not what you put in. It's what you leave out. Mm-hmm. There's anything I'm good at, it's telling David, no, we can't include that drawing. <laughs> Which, surprisingly, she does all the time. <laughs> uh, we set up this exhibition uh, as if it were a confirmation dog show confirmation dog show are those um dog shows you see on television like westminster or the uh national dog show that you can watch on thanksgiving day or if you're like me the dog show that you try to get your whole family to turn on on thanksgiving instead of the football game and we categorized uh we tried to identify the breeds that are if they're purebred dogs we tried to identify the breeds that are in the drawings and if we couldn't or they were mutts we created a new group um so the american kennel club kind of the most popular uh dog registration in america categorizes they put them in groups and based on what they were bred to do, what their original purpose was. And we have dogs from each of those seven groups. And then we've also created a new miscellaneous mutts category (laughs) for this exhibition. So you're going to have to decide who the best in show is. Mm, That's true. We didn't crown a best in show. Well, we don't try to pick favorites. Yeah, yeah. We'll let the viewers decide. So come with us to this dog show, these hounds by Hirschfeld. And the first the first round is we have the sporting group. The sporting group are you know kind of working dogs. They're bred to work along with people. Think of your retrievers, your spaniels, your pointers. Right. These are dogs that were bred to work in the field all day, but then at nighttime hunters would bring them inside. Like imagine like 200 years ago, right? Dogs lived outside, but these uh these sporting dogs like the retrievers and such, they came inside at night and that's why they make such good family pets because they've had a really long history of living among humans. So that's why labs are so popular, golden retrievers, springer spaniels. They're that's what they're bred to do is work with humans. Well, when I was in college, I had roommates who should have been fairly domesticated and they were terrible. <laughs> well, they need more spaniel in them. You're right. <laughs> And speaking of spaniels, we have one of my favorite drawings. I just knew we had to include this drawing in the show. It's a private commission of David Rosenberg and Philip Mannon, and they're two cocker spaniels. Not David and Philip, the the dogs. That oh are yes, with I'm them. sorry. The dogs' names are Baxter and Bennett, <laughs> and I I knew I had to include this one because here's a little cocker spaniel named Bennett, and if you know two things about me. It's one that I love. What's my line? And two that I have a dog named after Bennett Surf, Bennett. So a spaniel named Bennett. Another one. I could not believe it. I was just beside myself, and I knew we had to include this really adorable drawing of the two men and their two dogs. Um, and she gives you the life story of the dogs. Yes. Well, thanks to Philip Mannon, he gave us some personal details about the two dogs, which was a great touch uh, for this drawing. Um, the Cocker Spaniels used to be very popular in mid-century, thinking, like, if you can imagine Lady and the Tramp, remember how big that was. Right. Um, and they were really, uh, popular family pets. And I think Hirschfeld had Cocker Spaniels at one point. 
That was uh, pre-1945. I was talking with Nina last week, and I said, so did you have any dogs growing up? And she said, well, we had a dog for a week. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? She says, well, an actress friend of theirs had given her a dog for her birthday. What kind of dog? It was an Afghan. Ooh, that's a lot of dog and a lot of hair. And uh, enough hair and enough dog that after a week, the Hirschfelds thought, this needs a new home. (laughs) And indeed, it was rehomed. We don't know where. If it continued its life in show business or went to a civilian, we don't know. A civilian. I wonder if it was given to a friend. Oh, I'm sure. Like uh, if we... I'm, Somebody we knew, it might have been. Exactly, exactly. Well, the when I knew Hirschfeld, he had a pair of cats mm. that were given to him by Ilya Kazan. Right. And uh, when uh, Louise Hirschfeld moved out of her home, uh, they came here to, to my home. That's hilarious. And uh, they were fine. The one, there was a black one called Blackie, and he didn't like the other cats. And mm. a friend of ours came by and uh, when people once we realized Blackie was not a a good cat to have with other cats, mm-hmm. every time somebody came into a house, uh, our house, my wife and son would, you know, they somebody would start petting Blackie, and they would say, "Do you want him?" <laughs> Which I thought was a very ineffective way of getting rid of the cat. But turns out that one day a friend of ours said, "Yes." As a matter of fact, my cat recently passed away. Aww. She worked for CBS Sports. Mm. Uh, and well, uh, uh, CBS, but she was working for CBS Sports then. And she took Blackie, and Blackie was she loved. That was a, it was a match made in heaven. Mm. And I had come to realize that what really Blackie needed was to remain in show business. Right. We were civilians to, <laughs> to, to Blackie. We yeah. weren't. I think you should add that to your Twitter bio. <laughs> uh, owner of an Elia Kazan cat. Yeah. <laughs> too Pre- controversial. Previous owner. Yeah, too controversial. <laughs> I get a lot of unfollows because of that. Well, back to the Afghan hound. Yes. We might as well go on to the hound group. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the next group. So the hound group, uh, another popular group, although you could say that about all the groups, really. Who doesn't love a dog? But we think of hounds, we think of our trusty bloodhounds sniffing out the criminals. We think of those little beagles. Um also, so those are what we call scent hounds. They follow, they uh, trail the prey or whatever they're chasing by using their nose. But on the, there's actually two types of hounds. And the other type of hound is what's called a sight hound. And these are dogs who uh, use their eyes more rather than their uh, nose to find things. So an Afghan hound, that nice, tall, beautiful, sleek body is a sight hound. There you go. Greyhounds are sighthounds. Uh, and then another type of sighthound we have here is a borzoi. Oh, you know, I like borzois in part because uh, when I wrote the Hirschfeld Century, it was published by Knopf. Right. And their logo it's is a borzoi. Yeah, a nice, beautiful, sleek. And borzoi actually means, I think, swift in Russian. So there you go, folks. If you want a borzoi for your home, go to our <laughs> website store and get a copy of the Hirschfeld Century. Century. There's a borzoi on every copy. Every copy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually do love borzois too. They're just very elegant. And they were also popular in America at the turn of at mid-century, really. Uh, as you can see in this female star from Hollywood Types, I think these dogs she has are kind of a status symbol. Very, right. Very trendy, very beautiful and elegant. Exactly. And this Hollywood Types piece, uh, you know, it's not dog history, 
But uh, it's an interesting piece by Hirschfeld. He did it for Holiday Magazine in 1949. And I think it really sort of lays the foundation for the book he would eventually do in the theater called Show Business is No Business, which is uh, right now, this year is the 70th anniversary of its publication. Mm, Wow, nice. You can look forward to an upcoming uh, uh, digital exhibition. Oh, okay. Uh, well, also in show business is no business. There's the pr- uh, proletarian playwright. Yes, which and is of he, course a joke. Yeah, you know. but it's a drawing, and he has a borzoi standing yes. next to him. The proletariat would not have borzois. No, that's true. The idea, but that, they are Russian. What he shows is the proletariat playwright in his very nice, in his very fancy uh, home. Uh, yes. His fancy yes. home with his borzois. Yeah, it's like in front of a fireplace yes. and a nice big recliner and his beautiful, elegant borzoi next to him. Um, one last thing I want to say about uh, the female star from Hollywood types, though, is that if you're looking for a Nina in that drawing, the name is not there. But if you look at the female star in question, she's got a monogrammed uh, skirt NH. I think those are pants. That is a fabulous romper, David. Okay, so here's two things I don't know too much about. Dogs Dogs and female dress. Well, I know a lot about both of those. Yes. (laughs) And this is a fabulous romper, but it does have the initials NH for Nina Hirschfeld. For Nina Hirschfeld, who was all of four years old at the time. Very sweet. Yeah. Um, So we covered our sight hounds, and next we have have a classic scent hound, a little beagle. Love beagles. Yeah, who doesn't love a beagle? beagle. Linus. They are so sweet. They are so sweet. They're a little stinky, though. I think hounds tend to be Uh, a little stinky. As a child, I was unaware of the scent. (laughs) As an adult, you'd definitely be aware of the scent. (laughs) This is a drawing from a book called My Year in the White House Doghouse, which chronicles L- the the plights or adventures of LBJ's dogs. Now, let me tell you, this is not one of the great moments in literary history. No, it's not. It's not even uh, the best book that Hirschfeld el- ever illustrated. But it is the one probably with most dogs in it. By far. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so LBJ had two beagles, his and hers. Uh, well, one was Ladybird's. Yes, right. And he also had a collie. We'll talk about collies later, but that's in this drawing, Blanco. And it is a, I think it's a great little drawing. I think it's very sweet. (laughs) It is true. It is true. Next up, the feisty terriers from the small little Jack Russell to the king of the terriers, the Airedale. We've got all kinds of wiry, crazy dogs in the terrier group. And we'll start with... The Wire Fox Terrier. And there's a Wire Fox Terrier in The Thin Man. Oh, I love that piece. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Asta, who is the Wire Fox Terrier in question, was one of the best-known dogs of the period in the 1930s. Uh, yeah. um, the Thin Man has a Hirschfeld connection. Um, the original films were written by uh, the Hackett's, mm. um, who were great friends and neighbors of Al Hirschfeld's. Gotcha. Uh, the Wire Fox Terriers are... I think if if I knew how to groom a terrier better, I would have a wire fox terrier because they are so beautiful and gorgeous. And they've won more times at Westminster than any other breed. 15 best in show wins, which is a lot. Um, now, there are many famous dogs, but uh, Asta was very famous not only because of the Thin Man, but uh, uh, he was in another classic film that was drawn oh, by right. Hirschfeld. 
yes, he made a brief appearance in bringing up baby as well, but it's not in the drawing. Not in the drawing. One of the few, maybe the only drawing with a cheetah in it. Mm. Is that a cheetah? Jaguar? Is it a leopard? David, if you had to guess what the Al Hirschfeld Foundation's best-selling, most popular print was, what would you say? Hmm, that's a very good question. You would think now I'm leading you a little bit. (laughs) Yes, uh, uh, my guess is it has a dog in it. Yeah, but there are surprisingly a lot of prints with dogs in them. There's uh, Gypsy. Yes. There's uh, the Nanny. Yeah. Uh, There is. Hmm. Another print with a dog in it. Well, there's the Thin Man. Yes. Uh, what other prints have dogs in them? Fraser. Fraser has a dog in it. That is 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 a Fraser. No, it's the Thin Man. Wow. Yeah. No, I did not know that. So behind the scenes, for all you folks at home, the Al Hirschfeld Foundation, our most popular print is the Thin Man. Right. So get yours today because we're running low. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Fraser. We have Frasier as well. Oh, yes. Classic little, uh, I'm not sure if he's a Jack Russell or a Parson Terrier. Those terms are kind of interchangeable. Jack Russell and Parson people don't come at me. I still don't really know the difference between the two. But needless to say, we have Eddie Crane from Frasier. Yeah, love that dog. Now, yeah. Eddie was not his real name. No, Moose was his real name. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you to, asked. To name a dog after another animal. <laughs> That'd be like naming him cat. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> now, notably missing from our terrier group. Now, I do have a bone to pick with Hirschfeld. A bone? And that's not even, I didn't even think of that pun <laughs> before I said it. <laughs> notably missing from the oeuvre of Hirschfeld drawings. Yes. As many times as he drew Wizard of Oz. Five out of the six original posters. 1939. Several drawings done after the fact. Including a 50th anniversary drawing. There is no drawing of the little Cairn Terrier Toto. That is shocking. The most beloved. I mean, now I was a crazy Wizard of Oz girl when I was little. David has seen the pictures of me dressed as Glinda. Okay, but I'm going to take out Wizard of Oz. In that sentence and just say she was a crazy girl. Well, that too. Up. But I was, everyone knows I can attest. I had these ruby slippers. I wore till they had holes in them. My Glinda dresses. And I loved Toto. But please be aware, no house ever fell on Catherine no, while she was growing up. No. Uh, so Hirschfeld never drew Toto. That which is, is surprising. It is surprising. And now in the 1989 Wizard of Oz drawing, Dorothy is carrying the basket right. that she carries Toto in. And he is not there. We do see the the Wicked Witch of the West. Yep. He does manage to put in his grandchildren's name. But you think. could not remember to put in the cutest one of, well, Ray Bulger's kind of cute too. <laughs> <laughs> but the cutest one. And, <laughs> you like Jack Haley? I like Ray Bulger. <laughs> and let's face it, as a cowardly lion, Bert Lars is pretty damn yeah, cute. Yeah, he's cute too. They're all cute. But Toto does not make it. Now... Toto does make it into the whiz. Right. And like everything else in that movie. uh, It's an adaptation. It's an adaptation and things are a little bit different. Yes. You know, Michael Jackson is the scarecrow. Yes. Nipsey Russell as the tin man. I mean, Dorothy is Diana Ross. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're not in Kansas anymore. (laughs) 
Uh, but and I did some research. This dog is not a Cairn Terrier, but is a miniature Schnauzer, which I think is the most popular terrier out of the terrier group. Wow, uh, I believe that. They're a little, you know, if I had to pick favorites, this wouldn't be one of them. Why? Is the Schnauzer an, a difficult dog? They're a little yappy for me. <laughs> they're a little yappy. Listen, friends, if you have a schnauzer out there. Don't come at me. I'm just saying. Uh, Well, I I like it. And and he's got a nice uh, place in the drawing. It is a very cute picture, drawing of it. And, you know, maybe that film was directed by Sidney Lumet, Mm. who was a good friend of Hirschfeld. Maybe Sidney said to Hirschfeld, it's time to draw Toto. Mm. Next up, we have the toy group, which is... I mean, without a doubt, the cutest group there is. Let's be honest. <laughs> these are so these are toy dogs. Most of, a lot of these are just miniaturized or very or toy, very small versions of larger breeds of dogs. I think that's really doing a lot to hurt their self esteem by calling them toys. Trust me, toy dogs do not have self esteem issues. <laughs> They know they're the most important. They know. They are small and in charge. Oh. But we have a lot. We do have a lot in the toy group. We have a Japanese chin. We have some sort of unidentified toy dog in the gypsy drawing that Elthel Mormon is holding. And Gypsy Rose Lee was a big fan and an advocate of the Chinese crested Yes, that's a toy dog. Yes, that's a toy group. That's a toy group. Um, we also have a Maltese featured in the show, uh, but obviously the largest dog, largest toy breed dog in the AKC, our Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Oh my god. So cute. This dog looks just like my Bennett. He's got a super grumpy face on and big old grinchy paws. Let me tell you, the dogs here, have, uh, Bennett does have a grinchy face. And a big, grumpy face. Uh, uh, grumpy face. And grinchy paws. And grinchy paws. Yep. Uh, but the Cavaliers, the largest toy dogs, a little spaniel. Very adorable, if I don't say so. Um, and one of those dogs that is in a lot of, is in the history of Western civilization painting-wise. Yes, you will see a lot of very small spaniels in uh, in nice, beautiful oil paintings. They were a favorite of King Charles II. There was a rumor that King Charles II made an official decree that King Charles Spaniels could go anywhere inside England, including Parliament. Wow. However, I think a few years ago, the British, uh, <laughs> whatever Parliament said, there is no such rule. And actually, it's misapplied to the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel it's actually for the King Charles Spaniel, which we won't get into, but is a different breed entirely. Oh, my God. Dog breeds are... I uh, could talk about it all day. You did David's going to talk about 1930s musicals, and I'm going to talk about Little Spaniels. Next up, we have the non-sporting group. So we started with the sporting group, and now, don't worry, there's a non-sporting group. These are... There's an, this is kind of an eclectic group. You've got a little bit of everything. Uh, Dalmatians are in the non-sporting group. All 101 of them. Poodles are in the non-sporting group. Tibetan Terriers. This just kind of like a mix where they don't really fit into any other group. So we put them in the non-sporting group. We didn't do that. The American no, Kennel Club no, did. No, obviously. <laughs> uh, but we'll start with David's favorite drawing in the show. 
Yes, this drawing is my favorite because if there's any journalists out there or anybody who knows anything about journalism, the number one story in journalism would be man bites dog mm. rather than dog, dog bites, bites man. man. And uh, uh, I... And so in 1952, when the Newspaper Guild had its annual soiree, they published uh, they they would publish a program, a, a brochure. This was actually a hardback book that had all kinds of tributes to members of the organization and advertisements and whatnot. Um, and on the cover was a Hirschfeld drawing of a man biting uh, in a blue suit, biting a very green poodle. It's a very green poodle. <laughs> And let me tell you, the poodle's not happy. No, he's not. And the man biting it is looks pretty. He's angry. Yeah, he's, he's upset. angry. He, I he think wants, he's upset. There, there's something that's gone on before this happens. Yes, we've missed a scene here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but we've got what I what I say is a miniature poodle because it looks like it's about thirty pounds. <laughs> we do actual weight analysis here I at did. the Hirschfeld Foundation on the animals seen in Hirschfeld drawings. Our last group from the AKC groups is the herding group. Now, herding dogs are also very popular family pets. Again, just like the sporting dogs, bred to work alongside humans, herding sheep, protecting uh, livestock, herding cattle, whatever it is. But they have to be receptive to listening to their handlers. You know, what direction do you need the sheep to go? So they also make very great pets, although they do have really high energy and sometimes it can turn into obsessive like hurting uh children and that's not fun uh that's when you get to go to training <laughs> and have somebody fix it or help you through it look her up on the internet people <laughs> uh, so to start off the herding group we have uh paul mccartney with his old english sheepdog another print with That's a dog. True. That is true. Another print with a dog. Um, only dog in this collection that has a song written for I him. think that's probably true. Yes. Right. Yep. Uh, Martha, my dear. For, yes. By the Beatles from the Beatles White Album. Uh, David did make me edit out. I was going to talk about Charles Manson. No. For the dog show. No. He said no. And that has nothing to do with dogs. We are, we are keeping it clean here. Uh, so this is Martha. Although I will admit, you know, we just talked about weight analysis. I think this must be Martha as a puppy because this is a very small Old English sheepdog. They're big dogs with a lot of hair. And this is just a very small Old English it sheepdog. It just seems like you're judgy here. Well, that's isn't that what we're supposed to do at dog shows? Oh, that's true. <laughs> I am literally doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I'm saying no to the Old English sheepdog. Sorry, Martha. Well, the herding group dog that I know the best is the German Shepherd. Yes, one of the most popular breeds in America. Really? I think it's ranked number three. Wow. So very popular and great family pet, as long as you get it from a good breeder. Well, uh, German Shepherds ruled early Hollywood, Absolutely, absolutely. The first, uh, the first canine star... Of Hollywood was a German Shepherd by the name of Strongheart. Yes. Wow. This is pre-Ren Tin Tin. We have Strongheart. And Strongheart had a puppy. He probably had several puppies. But we want to talk about Braun, who was featured in this early Selznick film called Flapper Wives. And true to all Selznick hyperbole, mm. Braun is listed as the greatest dog actor on the screen. <laughs> 
even put his name there, though. It just right. says, and the greatest dog actor on the scene, screen. You can't argue with that, though. I wonder if they were trying to say he was Strongheart. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe oh, they it, were trying to right. get Strongheart without having to pay top dollar. That so they sounds got his like son. a Selznick move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, a little bait and switch yeah. there. And this is a really great, so this is kind of kind of straight drawing. Yeah. Not a caricature. This is 1924, really early. Right. Um, and also it features an oil painting that we've probably talked about on the podcast before, but maybe not, um, that features what's called, what, who did it? A uh, fade the Cole Phillips uh, fadeaway technique. Yeah. Which Hirschfeld would use to great effect in his line drawings yep. later in, in his career. Yeah. This is a a great piece, and we we feature it a lot in our Hirschfeld Century presentation. And if there was one thing I would steal from the archive, it would be the Selznick Distributing Corporation brochure. We're using this as evidence when one of them goes missing. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that, but but the cover is really the best thing. Right. The cover of this uh, brochure a is just psychedelic, fantastic. Uh, yeah. That's uh, what extravaganza. I would, that's what I would frame and put on my wall is the yeah. cover. David would put this this uh, fade I love technique. this. I, I think it's... This is a David Leopold favorite. Yeah, I, it I is. Know. It is. Um, but so Braun really did not have the career No, he was no strong heart. Had. Yeah, he was no strong heart. But he continued the legacy. And, and the family would be eclipsed. By Rin Tin Tin, the... The other famous actor, German Shepherd dog. Who came from France. Who came from German France Shepherd, originally. From, from France. France. Oh, it's close. <laughs> to appear in American pictures. Yes. So I, you know. <laughs> so Regular United Nations right there. So Hirschfeld did seven different drawings of Rin Tin Tin. But only one caricature. One character. The rest were straight drawings because it's very early. And so we chose to put in this caricature um, of Rin Tin Tin in Jaws of Steel. But you can follow the links and see the other drawings Absolutely. from While London Sleeps and a straight drawing from Jaws of Steel. Yeah. And then next to Rin Tin Tin in this caricature from Jaws of Steel is an actor, Jason Robards Sr. Right. Not uh, Now, is he related to Jason Robards fa- Jr.? Father of. <laughs> father of. Uh, and of course, Jason Robards Jr. was considered one of the Greatest actors of his generation, a mm. major Eugene O'Neill interpreter, um, and Hirschfeld captured his entire career yeah. in drawings. And it's just a testament to the length of Hirschfeld's career mm-hmm. that he not only captured the son, but the father as well. Right. Now, the herding group is very well represented in film and television because they are very good at working alongside humans. We just talked about Rin Tin Tin, kind of king of uh, film. And now we want to talk about the queen of television, Lassie. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) And here we have a beautiful TV guide cover of Lassie. The only Hirschfeld TV guide cover to feature an animal on it. Right. True. Um, And I just want to take this moment to shout out our graphic designer and jack of all trades, Todd Johnson. Yay, Todd. Who has absolutely brought this drawing back to life. I mean, the difference between what you're seeing on your screen and the original TV guide that it came from is, I mean, you wouldn't believe it if I showed you. Substantial. Yeah, it looks so wonderful. Um, So we have Lassie, queen of television. 
on air for a long time and just that classic rough collie um that everybody loves so much and he drew he drew lassie twice didn't he do a black yes, and white drawing in for the CBS? CBS? CBS Sunday. Uh, She's in with What's My Line. She's yes. on CBS Sunday. There's actually another animal in that drawing, Mr. Ed. Wow. And there's also Alan Funt. <laughs> who, who looks like a gorilla. Who said that wow. Hirschfeld made him look like a gorilla. Yeah. And you know what? There's an alien, my favorite Martian. And Ed Sullivan. And Ed Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This brings us to David's favorite group, our miscellaneous mutts category. These are dogs we either don't know what they are or they're just kind of general. Uh, I think the one is a sheep dog, just general mixed breed dogs, which can make awesome family pets, um, but, but are not included in our confirmation shows, but we're including them here. They're purebred mutts. Uh, purebred mutts, I guess so. Let me say that again. <laughs> They're purebred mutts. That's right. Uh, and uh, they are a melting pot of other dogs. Yeah, melting pot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so first up, we have David's. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Is this your favorite drawing this in the show? This was the impetus for the yeah. entire show. David talks about this drawing at least once a week. <laughs> That's not true. On regular, regular weeks at the Al Hirschfeld Foundation. It's a wonderful... Um, show that has never been revived and never will be revived it's called never say never true true it is a um it's a the show is called storm over patsy okay. uh, the patsy in question here in the in the title is actually a dog Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we're going to call it an unidentified sheep dog. Sheep dog, I think. Yeah, that's what uh, they say. But we don't it really is. know. It's a little bit of a lot of things. I could see it. It's kind of bearded collie. I get uh, it. Played by Colonel, the unidentified sheep dog. <laughs> it, st- the play deals with a woman who uh, uh, is unable to afford a new dog tax for her sheep dog, uh, Patsy. And the dog is at risk of being put down. Horrible. Yeah, it, it is horrible. Awful. Um, probably the reason why this show will never be revived is just the <laughs> idea of that. Um, and a and a reporter who's due to the town comes in and takes the case to court. Right. And in fact, Hirschfeld, who by the way did two drawings of this show for two different newspapers. Right. One of them shows the courtroom scene. Of, uh, I think they both show the. They court. both show the. They both, yeah, they both show the. It is the highlight of the show. I'm sure. Um, and this and this play probably would have been completely forgotten if not for two Hirschfeld drawings. And by the way, he not only did two drawings for the newspapers, the producers hired him to do an ad, a newspaper ad, mm-hmm. which did not feature any of the stars of the show. It didn't even feature quotes from critics. It featured quotes. From critics' dogs, yeah, and their their uh, their drawings, right? Of the dogs. So there were drawings of three or four dogs. The one looks like a raccoon. You know that reminds me of the famous outdoor life incident. Hirschfeld had been <laughs> drawing for the uh, hunting magazine uh, Outdoor Life for twelve years, and a monthly he he did a drawing for a monthly column, and uh, after twelve years. The art director called him to say that the deer that he drew on top of a roof, because that's what the story talked about, didn't look like a deer. It looked like a moose. And that is when Al said, I don't think I'm really right for this job. <laughs> and stopped doing outdoor life. 12 years is a long time, though. Yes. To do anything. 
and notably missing, it's really the only thing missing from this exhibition is an outdoor life drawing. Right. It's really the only thing we didn't include. There were a few drawings with dogs, but... Unidentified we don't dogs. Have, and while we love the outdoor life drawings, there's not too much to say about them. Right. So they were edited out of the show. That's show business. That is show business. Um, but by the way, Storm Over Patsy was later made into a film the same year actually a romantic comedy starring of all people vivian lee and rex harrison and you can sometimes see it on turner classic movies Mm. i'll have to look those actors up i've never heard of them (laughs) now david if you had to pick the most famous dog on broadway most famous dog on broadway well you know there was a musical version of the thin man that i did not know that (laughs) Drawn by Hirschfeld, actually. What? What's it yeah, called? It's called uh, Nick and Nora. Oh. And you don't need to look it up. Is it's, there a dog in it? Yes. What? In the drawing? Yes. Oh, why didn't we include that? I don't know. I wasn't the curator for this show. Um, but I would hardly call the dog in Nick and Nora mm. the most, most famous, famous dog. dog. I would, The most famous dog. Oh, the most famous dog on in Broadway history... I believe, is Sandy from Annie. Absolutely. Everybody loves Sandy. Everybody loves Sandy. And, of course, without Sandy, we wouldn't have Tomorrow. That's right. The song. Annie sings Tomorrow to Annie. Just like... No, Annie sings it to Sandy. Oh, what did I say? You said Annie sings it to Annie. Just like Judy Garland sings Somewhere Over the Rainbow to Toto. But apparently that wasn't important enough to draw. Ever. (laughs) And I, I'm not sure years, I agree. Basically. I'm not sure I agree that Judy Garland is singing "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" <sighs> to Toto. I'm not going to argue with you again about <laughs> this, David. She says to Toto, "Wouldn't it be so nice?" And then she sings it. It's and a rhetorical he's right device. There, he's right there. He's always right there. He's just <laughs> her dog, but she doesn't look at him while she sings it. I think occasionally she glances his way. She glances all over the place. <laughs> it, it, the pig in the on the farm. Does he? Does she sing it to the pig? Folks, she please look- write in. Is Judy Garland singing to Toto during "Somewhere Over the Rainbow"? Now, don't watch the clips on YouTube because they cut that first part out. Oh, get out your VHS, your you DVD mean- of "Wizard of Oz." Or, and watch the whole scene. Or your 50th anniversary VHS tape. I had that. I wore it to shreds. Wore it to shreds. Um, and it's interesting to me that on YouTube, if they cut out the part with Toto, <laughs> you wouldn't know. I do know. I notice. I notice. But well, anyway. Sandy was drawn twice. Sandy was drawn twice. The other the- one is... A great drawing of Sandy, but a very strange drawing of Annie. Uh, Mike Nichols, uh, on for opening night of Annie on Broadway, Mike Nichols commissioned Hirschfeld to do a drawing of the uh, agent Sam Cohn, who was instrumental in putting together mm. the Annie team. He had a drawing done of Sam Cohn looking like little orphan Annie with her dog Sandy. It's a little disturbing. It's a great you're drawing. Like, you're like, what's with the hairline of this little girl? <laughs> I didn't know Annie wore glasses. That's true, too. (laughs) It's a great piece. But Sandy is much beloved, the most famous dog in theater, I think. Uh, uh, Probably the only theater dog to meet a president. Two presidents. Two presidents. Carter and and Reagan. And perform with another one. 
performed on stage with FDR. Yes, yes with quote unquote FDR. And Sandy also appeared twice at the Tony Awards, which I think is pretty awesome. Substantial, yeah. although not a winner. Is that true? Never won a Tony Award. I don't think he did. Yeah. Now, now, who American among us Theater can Wing, say? Really, you want to think about this? How long has it been that you've been denying mm. canines the chance yeah. to win an award? Yeah. It's a hard, uh, that's a hard job. Best supporting dog. Yeah. Best featured dog in a musical. Best featured dog in a musical. <laughs> um, do you know who uh, uh, Sandy's understudy was? No. Yeah, he was uh, uh, a dog named Arf. That's very similar to a dog named Moose. No, Arf at least is a sound that a dog makes. (laughs) That concludes our breed portion of our show. We have one final uh, entry, Robert Benchley's How to Train a Dog. And we talked earlier, we have magazines, TV guide covers, early lithograph books, politics, literary, blah, blah, blah. And now we have a movie poster. We don't refer to things in our archive as blah, blah, blah. I do all the time. It's called ephemera. Yes. The, the the technical term for blah 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 is ephemera. <laughs> but now we have a but now we have a movie poster, which of course Hirschfeld did so many of. So many. So many. So this is Robert Benchley in a short called How to Train Your Dog. Now we did not get to see this film. It's a little hard to come by. Uh, but I can only imagine it's a great video, great film. Now, we didn't get to see this film. It's a little hard to come by. But I can only imagine it's a great film of how to not train a dog. That's true. Uh, but Hirschfeld actually did a series of posters for uh, Robert Bensley's shorts. It's just one more connection he has to the Algonquin, of all things. Now, the other thing about this last piece is in, in, in all the captions in the show, we learn about all kinds of dogs. Catherine's done a really wonderful job. But in the end, in this, in this final thing, she really talks about dog training and what you should look for in dog training. And it's not, it's not pendantic. It really gets to the heart of what dog training is all about. Oh, good. That's the point of the show is to educate, uh, educate people on different dog breeds and what to look for and how to find one that matches your personality and your lifestyle. And then, like you said, this last one is how to find a, a modern ethical dog trainer making sure they have certifications and a good education background in canine behavior, and also like what questions to ask uh, your dog trainer. What will happen to my dog if it gets something wrong? Um, You know, what training methods and philosophy do you use? These are really great questions because dog training is an unregulated field. Folks, as scary as it sounds, David could put up a website tomorrow, call himself a dog trainer, and legally take your money to not do a very good job of training your dog. So it is really important. They're not all created equally, and you should find one based in science and modern dog training methods. And one that has a particular knowledge in Hirschfeld would be a total plus. <laughs> that is, that has not come in handy, although a guy did one time wear a Jerry Garcia t-shirt to one of my classes. Uh, Hirschfeld. Hirschfeld, yeah. yeah. And I said, oh, you have a, you have a Hirschfeld shirt. And I don't think he knew, he didn't, he didn't knew. He, he, he liked Jerry Garcia. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm the archives manager for the Al Hirschfeld Foundation. And he's like, oh, I don't believe you. One, why are you here training dogs? And two, I don't know who Hirschfeld is. So that was kind of a bust. But I was very excited. I texted you right away. I remember. 
remember. I do it's like remember. somebody's here with a Jerry Garcia Hirschfeld shirt. That is what passes for so, banter in yeah, our office. Very rarely comes in handy, but yes. you never know. Maybe one day. Um, get your dogs trained, folks. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said in the beginning, I think. I like making sure humans and dogs can communicate effectively so they can live peaceful, long, happy lives together. Because that's why you get a dog in the first place. Right, it's true. And sometimes the communication doesn't match up. And we didn't pick a best in show. It's in the eye of the beholder. That's correct. Yeah. We're not picking favorites. You know, over the years, people would always ask Hirschfeld, what's, you know, tell us the 10 best musicals or oh, the, really? be, list the best actors. Mm. And Hirschfeld was against doing that. Mm-hmm. He didn't see things that way. Right. And he knew, for instance, if he picked Jack Lemmon as a better actor than Walter Matthau, mm. he'd be hurting Walter Matthau's feelings. Now that's, that's, those are fighting words there. Yeah. That's it's, well, he understood it. for I disaster. Mean, uh, remember, Hirschfeld didn't draw strangers, really. He drew people that he knew right. quite well um, or would eventually know quite well. Right. Um, so we're not big on best in show, but you can pick the best in show and uh, tweet at us. Yeah, uh, that's a Post on yeah. Facebook or drop us a, a, a picture uh, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us where you can find us on social yes, media. Yes, you can find us everywhere. We're on Facebook, the Al Hirschfeld Foundation, Twitter, and Instagram at Al Hirschfeld. This podcast episode can be found on Apple iTunes or alhirschfeldfoundation.org slash podcasts. Podcast with an S at the end. S is for... Spaniels. Spaniels! Yes, the perfect breed type. <laughs> Look... If you have a German Shepherd, we're fine with that. Shepherds, too. Shepherds works too. Sheepdogs, Sheep oh, Shih Tzu, no. Beagles, Schnauzer. Oh, yes. I was doing the S. Oh, I <laughs> Beagles. <laughs> they have an S at the end. Beagles with an S at the end. Uh, and rate and review us on iTunes so people can find our podcast. Well, thank you uh, for spending time in the doghouse with us. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, this is the last of David's dog puns. I'll have to hear all day. Doubtful. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, I'm throwing a bone to Catherine oh to say God. nice work on this show, and we look forward to seeing you when we do. Bye. <laughs>